Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Back in full effect. Flow Wrestling Radio Live, Episode 9, coming at you. And yes, it's been a minute. Yes, we missed you. And uh, it, it was tough being away, but we are we are back. And we've got a great, great show um, coming at you. And I've got my main man, Willie Smalls, Willie Sailor, on the line from Texas. What's good, Willie? But it's cold down here, CP. It's cold. Be quiet with cold in Texas. It currently in Virginia, okay. It is um, wind chilled, negative thirteen in my hometown. Okay, negatives. We don't get in the negatives. Like twenty. Like literally, as an example of how cold it doesn't get here. It was twenty degrees the other day, and the local schools had a two-hour delay because just because it was cold. So for cold, just for, for being cold. Just for cold. Just for cold. I, yeah, don't don't get me started on that. That never happened when I was growing up. But that's what's happened now. No, I just like to I just like to rub it in a little bit. It's uh, a matter of fact. I got up early this morning to go running, and it was like thirty nine degrees. And I was like, I ain't running in this. Really? I ain't running in this. Where, where's the Easton in you? I mean, come on. Where's the tough Northeast? You know, grind it out attitude. You get up. Texas has softened you. You get up in thirty nine, no, and I you just, won't run. No, I just didn't. I mean, I don't need to. You don't need to. Okay. No, well, I'll do it in the afternoon. You know, because after, it'll be like seventy-five later. So you're you're gonna do it in the afternoon? I'm gonna hold yeah. you to that. Okay. All right. Let me know mm-hmm. how it goes. I hope you do get a good run in. Well, um, okay. So that there's the it's wh- been weather beautiful, report. beautiful running weather. It's been like sixty-five, seventy, just gorgeous. Yeah, I I don't like the cold. I don't do well in it. So I'm a little little jelly right now that the the weather's that nice in texas but we missed uh a lot of wrestling a lot's happened since then and in your opinion the biggest debacle that nobody is talking about i don't i don't get it i don't understand it uh a big huge development i think it was a enormous situation and nobody talks about it nobody talks about it spit it out I mean, did anybody watch Dardane Stever? Yes. I think a lot of people probably did. Did anybody know what the problem was in that match? Because it's, it, was an, it was amazing, and that nobody talks about it, it just blows my mind. 
It's one of the biggest matches of the year, especially considering Dardanes was super hot, uh, I thought. Um, and and a hell of a match, but they got the score wrong. Yeah. They got the score wrong. How do you get the score wrong Yeah. in a match of that magnitude? I mean, it just blows my mind. Where um, you, know, you can't find appropriate, uh, uh, capable scoreboard workers. I mean, I'll tell you this. I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I, I, but I do because our sport deserves better. Um, and and I, the Hawkeyes can attest to this. When I was in Stillwater for Oklahoma State and, and Iowa, the scoreboard worker, God bless her heart, I mean, an older lady, she's trying – but the score was wrong. It was late. It was delayed. Riding time was like non-existent, uh, visible, um, and you can't have that. You have a premier matchup, right? Uh, Iowa, I- Iowa, Oklahoma State, or I- uh, Ohio State, Minnesota, and Dardane Steber, and the score's not right, and nobody knows what's. I mean, not that they didn't know what's going on. Nobody like noticed. Like, yeah. I couldn't believe it. So what essentially happened, just in case you didn't see it or you didn't watch it that closely, um, Dardine, Dardanes is closing the gap quick on Steber, and he's just firing off takedowns, and Logan, is he hit the wall, and he admits it. He's, he's out of gas, and he gives up a stall point, but they never give the stall point. I guess they treated it, the scorekeeper treated it as a warning, and it was one of those things, you know, Dardanes is sprinting back to center, and they just start wrestling, and the the stall point, at least on the broadcast, and I'm assuming the scoreboard is connected to the broadcast, didn't... No, no, I don't. that's not necessarily true, uh, that the scoreboard is connected to the broadcast. Now, I watched on Big Ten, right? and Big Ten Network, and um, there's a, st- a second stall call, which immediately is uh, like comes before a, a blood timeout. Now the graphics on the Big Ten Network didn't show a point go up for the stall warning, stall point. Right. So I think to myself, well, the in-house score got it right. The person doing the Big Ten graphics must have just not put it up. Right. And 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 they go to a blood timeout, and I. I Say to myself, well, during the blood timeout, they'll get it right. You know, they'll, it'll, it'll be the point will be up there in a second or two. It never goes up, and it never goes up. And and um, I'm sitting there with Bradkey, and we're doing the math, and we're like, something's wrong here. They missed a point somewhere. And even at the end of the match, I'm like, something's just not right. The way the way the score was on the scoreboard, and then we check Twitter, and Ohio State says the final score. And then they make a correction and they, and they say, no, the final score was this. And I said, something's wrong. Either they missed a point or there was some kind of riding time, but there wasn't riding time. I mean, at the end of the day, they made a mistake. And they made a mistake of huge proportions. That match should have been 9-9. I mean, it shouldn't have been 9-9, but Dardane shouldn't have let him up. So I guess we're not explaining this fully. Yeah, Dardane, we need to do that. Dardane's... Gets a takedown. He got a couple takedowns at the end of the match. He gets a takedown. It makes the score 9-9. But the score on the scoreboard says 9-8 because they never gave that stalling point. So Dardanes thinks he's down 9-8. He cuts Stever. With five seconds it, left. 
Right. But in reality, the score was 9-9. And all he needed to do was ride him out, and it's a tie match, and it looked like he would win. So it was a huge, huge debacle right. there, so, and nobody so noticed. Dardanes the- let Steber up to lose, and nobody's talking about this. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I saw after the fact Brandon Eggum, the assistant at Minnesota, kind of owned it. Hey, we we messed up there. We weren't we, you know, made a mistake with our own scoring, da da da, something like that. So they kind of owned that that portion of it. But when when the scoreboard is wrong, and I'm I'm assuming that it was in the uh, in the building, they have a thing called bad time, right? That they'll that they'll use like okay, you wrestled this 20 seconds, but something happened that. Like they started them in the wrong position or something like that. Wrestling needs bad time, I think, or or some some way to to kind of go back for for a situation like that where the score so directly impacts strategy that you need to be able to to kind of fix it in match and not be like, well, sorry, sorry, Nick. Well, I mean, some people put it. I, I've heard um, somebody say that that it was on the coaching staff. It was on Minnesota's coaching staff. No, I mean, to an extent, yeah, if you catch it, you want to argue it, but, and you think, you know, I mean, their, their responses, these critics' responses, um, or, or, or perspective is, well, if you're a coach and you're, you're really focused in, you should know this. Right, but if you have capable scoreboard operators, you should know this. I mean, at no time, you can't, I mean, when did you ever see, you know, this, oh, well, you know what? The Seahawks kicked a field goal in the second quarter. We forgot to put that field goal up, so it's not, uh, it's not uh, 30 to 27. It's actually tied at 30. I mean, get it right. Get it right. How can you miss that? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was bad, and you're right that no one has, has really talked about it, and it's, uh, it, it's kind of sad that we still have those kind of it, it's technical really, errors. It's actually really scary to, to me because – you, you know, this is a one match, a one mat duel. I mean, what if these things come into play at NCAA's? Yeah, it's scary, and it doesn't help the fact that it's at Ohio State and it benefited Ohio State. Um, so that whole angle, the the Homer angle, is something that you can't not bring that up, even though it maybe had nothing to do with it. It was just a an honest mistake, honest error. It doesn't help that you have this kind of mistake at, at the door, and you know the bra. Uh, JD was on the broadcast, JD Bergman, and he didn't notice either. Um, so it was it, it was really weird that no one put two and two. Together. I don't know how I don't know how anybody didn't notice. I mean, stall second stall. It's a point, and the ref clearly holds up one. And it's not like a, he just holds up the warning. I mean, he held up the the fist and then the one. So it was a clear. How could nobody get that right? How could the score, the scoreboard operator, the person doing the books, the referee? I mean, how can you all get it wrong? Yeah, yeah, the, and the, I guess the official, to an extent, needs to make sure the points go up, right? Like, right, it, that's what I'm saying, yeah. right? They have a blood timeout. He doesn't know the score. I don't know, it man. It just failed, I don't, I don't failed at every level. So, yeah, it was a big story. No one talked about it. I'm not sure why. Um, and uh. Yeah, but Logan obviously didn't look didn't look right there in that in that match at the end, and he looked and you know much what? better. In a in a in a system like we have, where everything, every match matters, man. It's you know now if Logan loses that match, you know he's probably still the number one seed. But I mean the the, 
it helps it helps Dardanes yeah. maybe get a three instead of a four or a four instead of a five or something you know three instead of a five or something like that um now and, and let's let's be clear Dardanes didn't necessarily win Man. the match right it would have went to overtime but if you saw the end of the match and the momentum the way it was and Logan looked um a little like he was fading um you had to favor him in overtime yeah no and it definitely would probably give him the uh the three seed because Carter lost to um lost to Steven he would have the win so he would probably he would be a two or a three so he's opposite Logan which is right the, as opposed to what it'll be now is a four or five yeah so he'll have the five and then he'll then he'll have Logan so it's uh and I, I don't he's not right he's not gonna pass he's not gonna pass port he's not gonna pass uh Carter Mm-mm. so uh I mean unless he would win big tens or something but that's that's beside the point. Yeah, yeah, he'll have to, he'll have to win Big Tens to improve his seed because Port and Carter are not going to be challenged um, from from this point till till conferences, which is basically the the final seeding that neither of those guys have anyone that's going to truly challenge them. So that's that's the debacle. It, it's unfortunate that it happened, but hey, at least uh, you got to get that off your chest, and I think it's it's worth bringing up. I mean, yeah, I don't want to ramble too too long about it, but. To me, it's scary. To me, it's scary that they could there could be a screw up of that magnitude. Yeah, I I feel like, it, I mean, can you think of another example of this where where you have a screw up of that? I mean, I don't I don't think it happens that much, and I can't think of what. Well, actually, it happened at Ohio State um another time a couple years ago. The Heflin um mm-hmm. Zerup maybe Zerup had it won. Oh, they screwed that one up terribly. And that was mm-hmm. all the official. Something about, I don't know. Come on, Buckeyes. But that was actually the official, so <laughs> who knows what's going on there. But yeah. So so I commented, you know, another asterisk. And you, you know, off off air, I said to, to uh, Christian, another asterisk for Logan Steber. Stupid. And <laughs> I was just playing, though. But, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. For some reason, controversy or... Or you know, there's something, some kind of circumstance follows Logan Steber yeah. with the the what? Oliver final, the Ramos final. Well, what what's the what's the controversy in, the, in I mean the Oliver final? They changed the rule after that, which which to me was uh, a signal that the call, albeit um, illogical, was was the correct call. The fact that they had to make a clarification or change the rule. Um, so you know we don't if if that matches wrestle now. Yeah, but the match isn't no, wrestling now. I know, I know. I'm not, I'm not saying that Logan did deserve. I, I'm not saying there was a wrong call or whatever. I, I'm just saying it's interesting, right? I mean, a lot of Iowa fans think um, there was an asterisk with the Ramos final, Please. which I, I didn't think either. Right? I know. Right. I, I'm just, you know, it's just another one of those things. Drama. Uh, it's drama tra- surrounds Logan, who is really not a very dramatic person. He's a very. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of a low key hammer. So, okay. So yeah, I hope Logan doesn't uh, think I'm trying to say he didn't he didn't deserve because I'm just just making conversation. Um, but uh, he's not he's not a sensitive guy. Speaking of, no, um, spe- I mean, me and me and me and you always talk about uh, how we try to say what we feel, but at the same time, wrestling fans in general are a little bit 
sensitive, and wrestlers are a little bit sensitive. But I heard one the other day, and how we say we, we look at uh, other sports media in the wrestling lens. I heard a good one the other day, man. And Stephen A. Smith, I love that dude on ESPN. Um, <laughs> you don't like he, Stephen A. Smith? Uh, that whole show should just be it's, called. Uh, yeah. I know, it's sort of staged. Oh. It, it was. When it was for, when it was first when it first came on it was kind of pure but then now they they just argue to argue but the sad um, thing is I I watch it every now and then like it's they they're good they're good at what they're trying to do I'll say that yeah but uh, I mean you know, I mean hold on. Fight, let me fight. just say this Skip Bayless that guy's such an idiot he thinks Tebow's amazing and LeBron stinks I mean and and it's just it's so obvious what he's doing. The, the sides he's skip, taking. Skip, skip, skip Bayless is horrible. I can, I cannot believe that he has a job. LeBron stinks and Tim Tebow's amazing. That's literally, that's like the anchors of the foundation of his, yeah, his perspective. So, but Stephen, Stephen A. Smith the other day, they're talking about Peyton Manning possibly retiring, and Stephen A. Smith said, uh. You know, who's the heir apparent? He goes, uh, is Brock Osweiler the future of the Broncos? I'm not saying that. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> you know? And I thought to myself, good Lord, what if we – I mean, if we were talking about a coaching change and said, oh, is this guy the new head coach? I'm not, I'm not that stupid. Or is this guy the replacement for – who knows? Some Logan hammer that Stieber. graduates, yeah. Right, like Logan Steber. Like, I'm not that dumb. Like, if we, we would be crucified. Yeah, yeah. No, no kidding. No kidding. And that's – that's continuing to to kind of validate our point that you don't know how how good you got it wrestlers and and coaches like it's it's pretty soft out there but um hopefully so, I mean, we're slowly did you, moving the needle did you kiss and make up with someone this weekend oh no we didn't kiss and make up but um nick Gwizdowski came up to me and we talked for just a a, a brief moment and shook hands and it's all good there so there's nothing no uh no hard feelings and you guys bfs now I hope so, um, but probably not. But he is a <laughs> – dude, it, that was the moment I uh, – it drives me crazy we couldn't upload these tools. His pen of Ty Walls was so cool, okay? So he's – um, Ty Walls is pretty freaking good, but Nick's the man. Um, the crowd has been making fun of NC State the whole time. Like it was a relentlessly brutal – Virginia Tech crowd. They're making fun of them. They're scr- and you can hear everywhere. Any heckler that says anything, you hear it clear as day on stage because that place is designed to like carry sound. So like anyone says anything. So then it comes down to Gwiz and he he pins Ty Walls and he like g- goes like out on the stage and like come on, let me hear it and they're just like you could have heard a pin drop. They were so like it was like they're <laughs> embarrassed and Gwiz totally sees the moment. It was it was really cool. It was a it was a great moment, and I was glad he kind of got that uh, that fu moment for uh, for the Virginia Tech fans. It really added to the to the dynamic, and so that was cool. So yeah, it's all good with with Gwiz and I, and maybe it always was. No. But yeah, so uh, we had some more stories while we were away. Um, yeah, you broke a pretty big one there. Yeah, yeah, I was I was uh, excited to kind of be on the ground floor. Ed Ruth going to Arizona State. Um, it's it it means a lot in in a couple of different angles. It it's um obviously huge for Arizona State that this would happen, and and it's a continuing momentum in their direction and the talent that they have there both um, collegiately and now you know you got Oliver and you got Pendleton and they they just continue to build there, but. 
Um, and, and some people were, were asking me, man, this is bad for Penn State, right? This is huge. This is a killer. Um, and, and I don't really think so. What, what, I don't think so either. Yeah. I, I feel like – I mean, I'll be honest. You're catching, you're catching me a little off guard with that. I didn't hear anybody say that. And so, you know, my thoughts aren't fully – Organized, yeah. Developed. But um, that's the first I've heard of that, and I don't think that's the case. And, and for a few reasons uh, – Number one, number one, opening up a spot on the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. I mean, you know, you want Ed, right? Like, right. I mean, Ed's an amazing addition. Um, but um, it opens up a spot for somebody else to train. Opens up dollars for somebody else to train, and 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 quite honestly, in that wheelhouse, around 184 pounds, they already have bodies there with like Quentin Wright. Uh, uh, David, still, you know Kale's still right. rolling Kale's around. still around there. Um, Casey's not that small. Um, but it's good for ASU. I think it's good for Penn State. Honestly, I think it's good for Penn State. I mean. Why? It's why? Not, it's not good. It's it's an absorbable small blow. But it's not good. If you can choose. Why not? If, if you could choose to have, have Ed Ruth. And and walk a recruit into your room and you see Ed Ruth training. That is a good thing. As opposed I think, to, I think that traction's already passed. I mean, I'm they saying, know the people. The people of the world know. Everybody in Pennsylvania, everybody, everybody from New Jersey to California knows where Ed Ruth was developed. That, it's not like it's not, it's not like well, that, Ed, Ed's not there. Willie, you can. Okay, here's this guy. He's on the world team. He's one of the best wrestlers in NCAA history. Oh yeah. You're a 184 pounder. You can train with him. You're a 197 pounder. You get to wrestle with Ed Ruth every day. That's a draw. Um, so I'm, I'm now you're making me argue the other point. I was gonna say it's not that big of a deal because I don't think it is. But to say it's good, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Okay, right. Not that big of a deal. But to say it's good, I mean there there can be good things to come of it. But it's a net loss. Yeah, I'll be, okay. I'll be so, at a small but, one. Let, let me ask you this. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess I guess you're right. Like. For people in that in that weight range, it would be really cool to work out with Ed Ruth. But do you think of Ed Ruth? I think Ed Ruth is an amazing athlete, and there's certain athletes out there that are amazing athletes uh, and top performers, right? Just showmen. Mm-hmm. But do you do you think that Ed Ruth is is a, a commodity in the teaching aspect? No. Probably not. I mean, we don't know either way. Um, you, you can't teach some of the. I mean, oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Crossface uh, but I'm not. He's not a coach. I mean, just from a training partner perspective, um, you can learn from wrestling someone with that kind of motion, with that the, that kind of speed, with that. Sure, sure. I mean, it's just you know, if you wrestle someone that's amazing every day, your your level right. can potentially right. rise. So. Um, but True. Okay, let's so, look at the a- Arizona State. Yeah, the Arizona State angle I think is, man, what that upper weight room is going to be insane. I mean, forget the fact that they got Blake Stauffer in there, who's having a very under the radar but excellent year. You know, one Vegas, uh, he hasn't beaten Gabe Dean yet, but he's got a lot of really really good wins. Um, and you got Chris Pendleton, and you got the Valencias coming in, and Binnick. Um, and now Ed Ruth, it, that the upper weight room there is is out of control. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good point. I mean, it was, 
with Benick and Valencia there wrestling with both Valencias and Stoffer. He got another year, right? Yeah. Um, so, man, they could really be elevated by the presence of, uh, of Ed Ruth and rolling around with him. Yeah, incredible. So, um, big things continue. And Pendleton. Yeah. Man, yeah. Did how I great not, is that? Did I not say Pendleton? I meant to. Um, yeah. I love what's going on. I love what's going it's on great. in Arizona State. Isn't it great? Not only, not only is it another another program that could be a national, a national contender, yeah. but it's in the West, which I think is a good thing. Um, it was so good. It was and, great for wrestling. Uh, yeah, and and just like Penn, I mean, Penn it's, State. This, this shouldn't factor into my opinion, but. It, it inevitably does, invariably does is that I love those guys. I love Zeke Jones. I love Chris Pendleton. Um, Jo's my guy. So um, you know they're doing good things. And and, and don't sleep on and, Lee Pritz. Come on. Man. And they're good. Lee Pritz is the man. Lee Pritz is my homeboy. He knows that. You almost left him out though. I got you back, Lee. Um, Coach Pritz is awesome. But yeah, I, I think you know five six years ago when Kale went to Penn State, that was great for wrestling. It reinvigorated um, uh, that part of the country. Not that Pennsylvania needed reinvigorated, but it's another huge fan base that's, like, activated. And now um, Arizona State, and, and the more this happens, the more benefits I think wrestling is going to see. So, I mean, it's it's hard to believe. Arizona State was almost cut, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, well, they were. They, re- they actually were. Like, it happened, and then they were, you know. That's ridiculous. So, oh, don't get me started on that. But – now, I mean, it, from that moment there, could we have imagined how far Arizona State had come in, what, six six years maybe? Um, and especially as low as things were last year and things were just beginning to trend down again. Now, um, Zeke's more than a shot in the arm. He's the he's completely restored healing to that program. So, But at the same time, they haven't, they haven't done anything yet in the NCAA. Well, you know, so we'll in, in, sadly um, – well, I mean, the good thing, another good thing about it from my point of view is California wrestling is so vibrant, and I think it, it gives, you know, you have Stanford, but that's an exclusive school. You have Cal Poly, that's an exclusive school, and you have Bakersfield. The, the only two options out there uh, uh, really are um, Arizona State, Bakersfield, and, and maybe Grand Canyon is coming up at Division One. so... Um, more opportunities for for um, California guys to go too. Yeah, and what I uh, and maybe you could help me um, figure this out. But what kind of fan expectations can or what fan base do you expect them to build out there at Arizona State? How um, how big is the wrestling community out there? Do do you expect they have them good to- high school programs in the in the area, I don't know what they draw. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they draw, but I, I know that they have good relationships with the high school coaches and the high school programs around there. Yeah, good, good. Because, I mean, you know, the rec hall and the all these huge events that these guys are selling out in the West and Midwest, or East and Midwest, I wonder if that's something that can be created at, at Arizona State as well. So stay tuned there. Um, Zeke Jones, master organizer, probably going to figure something out to get – butts in the seats um let's keep it out west somewhat um california's native son isaiah martinez got into my pound for pound rankings what'd you think about that he's a hot topic oh my gosh um got all the buzz yeah yeah and 
is are we uh, are we giving him too much buzz here? I got him in my pound for no. pound. Okay, you don't think so? No, I mean, what did he take? What did he take? Third last year at Midlands? I don't know, something like that. He, third or fifth, and and he's undefeated. He's undefeated in February. Yeah. He's undefeated in late February with wins over James Green and Ian Miller. Yeah. I mean, how how can you have too much? How can you have too much buzz? Yeah, he's um. It, it's someone asked me my NCAA picks, my champion picks at fifty seven, and I said Ness. Um, but you know, they're like, wow, I can't believe you didn't say Imar. And, and the thing for me, as, as good as he's been, I I want to see what happens when when people start approaching him with game plans. And I mentioned this before, and I'm sure Miller had one. Um, but he got pinned. So who knows? Maybe he you can't just game plan for. Well, let's for clarify, what he does. And, not, and let's clarify not to take anything away from Imar, but it's a three-one match, and Miller pins himself. Right? Did you see it? I didn't get to see it, and I couldn't. Miller, he went for like a throw and like tried to land. He tried to pin himself or something. Uh, and <laughs> accomplished his goal. So yeah. he's um. He, we'll, we'll get to see him this weekend too, and. Uh, Always exciting to watch him wrestle. So I, I think he's my only freshman in the pound for pound. And some people were saying, you know, I'm, you know, I'm punitive against freshmen. But it's like, you know, you got to have. I can't right. just. I can't just I know. pretend that he's got all these wins that these other guys have. And I know, and it's a tricky thing. Pound for pound is really tricky, and I take some heat for it in, in the high school side too. And a lot of people ask me, um, a lot of people ask me, well, it, uh, you know, some people are. are polite about it and say, well, I think Kate Olivas should be in the pound for pound. And other people are outright, um, you know, it's absurd that Kate Olivas is not in the pound for pound. Well, listen, for all intents and purposes, Kate Olivas has been wrestling in high school for two and a half months. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, give it some time. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. And another um, hot topic or, you know, a hot name is is Ryan Taylor from Wisconsin and watched it live? Oh my gosh! The and this watched is, it live. Maybe you're saying this is uh, old news. I don't know, but I think Ryan Taylor, the performance he put on against Zane Richards, is one. That it was you, amazing. You got to talk about it, and it wasn't. Sometimes matches get out of control. Um, a guy's sick, guy's tired. Guy, you know, big move, whatever. It was just a, a, a dominating match where Zane. He never really, um, he didn't gas. He didn't. See, he just got beat in a way I've never seen. Zane Richards got beat, and he's never. Wrestling been... is so wrestling is so crazy, right? I mean, we, so we always crazy. see we always see um, a guy win eight to one in the quarters, and then in the concies he beats that guy. The other guy wins seven two. Yeah, right. Doesn't make so sense. So things things happen quick. Um, the things can change quickly. However, you can't watch that match and say that there was anything fluky about it. That was a dominant performance, and Ryan Taylor is for real. For real. For real, and I'm going to say it. I've said it before, but not t until recently. A performance like that, you got to put him in the title contending um, category. Even though I only have him ranked 8th or ninth. part of that was he started the year at 25, then he came up to 33, and he lost to Deutsch and uh, yeah, that was the thing. Mackenzie right? McGuire, yeah. So those are still, those are becoming. And when when he came up to 33, I said that's stupid. He got to be at 25. Yeah. Leave him at 25. Yeah. And 
Prove me wrong. Yeah, he's look and he's a he avenged that Deutsch loss. He beat Sabatello. Um, he tech followed Del Vecchio too. That kind of like when he did that. That was two days before the Richards match, and I was like, hmm, man, that's a pretty saucy. I mean, Del Vecchio's solid. He's not amazing, but he's good. So to yeah, him, so you know he was, and not just in the result, but in the deed itself, he was. Good from underhooks. He was forceful and aggressive and and uh, good on leg attacks. He was good at mat returns. He got oh out gosh. right away. He got out right away from Richards uh, all, all around. Yeah, his, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, his top work was great. And those mat returns are insane. He let him pick him up and kind of slam him the one side. He, like, took him to the other. It was like a, I don't know. Like a backyard took, slam. It was crazy. He took Zane down two or three times in the first period, and I'm like, yeah, this is happening right now. That's happening. And w- another thing that really, Zane Richards' underhook, he wants to be in his underhook. Ryan Taylor's like, that's cool. He let him have his underhook the entire match, and he scored off of it. He let him shoot off of it. It didn't matter. Taylor was ready to wrestle out of Zane's best position, which said a lot to me as well. So. Huge win there, and I have him seventh. I just looked. I I never. People always ask me where I have guys ranked. I really don't have it memorized. It's it's kind of hard. So I thought he was eighth or ninth. He's seventh, and um, you, you look at this this list. I mean, it's it's anyone's ball game. You know, Chris Dardane's the hot hand right now, but you know we've seen things change quickly. So thirty three continues. I was to talking be to somebody. I actually, I think it was the the guy that does the credentialing for NCAA's, and he was like. I was talking to him recently. He was like, "Exciting year, huh?" And and it made me think like, there's only what, what would I say? There's two weights where there's a clear favorite. I mean, a, a heavy favorite. Hmm. So yeah, Logan, Logan, Logan and, and Derringer. Yep. Yep. Right. Completely. All the other weights are sort of up for grabs. Yeah, and that's one thing. And I want to kind of skip ahead here. Um, that's what makes Iowa's lead uh, on the field very. Uh, it, it's so in the balance, man. They, it's just a one little thing. Like Telford loses to Coon, which is not, you know, that's happened twice before already. Now it's happened three times, um, and then he goes from one to three. So huge chunk of points gone there. Uh, little things: Gilman losing here, uh, Jeva losing. If Sorensen gets knocked off at 149, which is totally realistic and could even happen this weekend, um, they're gonna come back down there. So it's it's really. Um, you know, I was we were saying, and I was saying, you know, I was the clear favorite, and they are and were, but it's really just by the the narrowest of margins. Even though the point on uh, disparity may seem kind of vast, I just think it's going to be chaos. Yeah, I think the team race is going to be chaos. Um, I, I think there's a lot of uncertainty on on you know, on paper, Iowa, you know, Iowa leads, but. Matches aren't wrestling on paper. Right. I mean, a, a little thing, you know, uh, Sorensen, he's going to have someone like, you know, I don't know, a, he could have like a, uh, I don't know, a Steber or a Bites in the quarters. You know, that's a, that was a close match. That Bites match was close, and Bites has come along. He's going to have someone good in the quarters. Now all of a sudden, drop that one, you're wrestling in the round of 12 and you're a one seed. Like, little, just things can get out of control like that really quickly at the NCAA tournament where the competition is so amazing. I'm not predicting the downfall of Brandon Sorensen. I'm just saying what's realistic and what's plausible, and it's plausible that one seeds, not just Brandon Sorensen, can be falling left and right, and, and, and team points that you're counting on 
uh, may not be there to the fullest extent, which is w what makes it so huge. So, um, yeah, it, it is going to be a chaotic uh, NCAA tournament. Well, I think, you know, you, you say you say Sorensen, and, and I'm not as high on Sorensen as some people. Like, I mean, he's ranked, he's ranked number one, right? Yeah. As a freshman? I mean, amazing. 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 I, and, like, I'm not taking anything away from that. But what I'm saying is he's not like um, – He's not Logan Steber where he's like a, such a heavy favorite, right? He wins like a lot of close matches, and and that that can come into play. You know, it, you could lose a match in overtime, right? Yeah. So, um, I, but I will say this: what's helping him is, in my opinion, what and what helps even a guy like Mike Kelly really. Um, I I mean I think that, and I've said this before: I think forty nine and fifty seven are weak. Mm. And 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 a guy now, you say, like Sorensen could fall, and and maybe like you consider Corey Clark a more maybe solid guy. But I would worry about Clark more than anybody, or more than more than Sorensen yeah. because because of this crazy thirty three is stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's gonna have he's ranked so six. Clark's gonna have somebody legit in the round of sixteen. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna have someone really good. It's gonna be, it's gonna be an unbelievable tough draw at one thirty-three. I was looking, I was looking at that the other day, and like, um, I, I was thinking about Mason Beckman because he's so good, and he's got he's ranked eleventh. I'm like, who's gonna have Mason Beckman in in uh, in round two? And like, someone that's, that's what I'm saying. It's gonna be it's gonna be out of control. As good as Corey Clark is, he's gonna have a big test early where. Um, you know, so you're pointing out Sorensen, and I, I think Sorensen is in a better position, really. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I, I agree with that. That, that 33 is one of those weights where it's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. But I think 49. I, all right. Here's, here's what I'll say, to co somewhat counter your point, is 49 the most talented um, weight class? No, I don't think that. But I do think, it's even. So it's like Brandon Sorensen's number one, and the difference between one and eight or nine is um, um, not, I don't want to say neg negligible, but it's a small, small yeah. difference, which, which in my, so that makes it deep, and that makes it tough. It's tough for, because those are the guys that are in the way. So I think. In All right, a, well, you know, we're going to see some of these critical matches this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, we will. It's a huge, huge weekend. And I was going to say one more thing. We were talking about Clark and, and his spot and who he might have. Round two, just the guy I was talking about, he would have Mason Beckman if the NCAA seeds were my, uh, were my rankings, which they won't be, but they should be. Um, it would be Beckman versus Clark in round two. Two returning All-Americans hitting in round two. That's how deep it is. Cody Brewer, a, a two-time All-American. I have him 12th. And he would have someone like. Well, the, the thing about thirty-three and the depth, the depth there is that Big Tens are going to be critical. Mm. They're going to be crucial, and they're going to end up, they're going to end up causing, you know, the, the picture for the NCAA bracket to be clarified a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, let's just say, let's say a Zane Richards takes two losses. Right. Right. Or or even a Corey Clark takes two losses or something. I mean. Th they could end up 
being a, a, a low seed, yeah. right? Like a like 13 a, or something. Right. So it's going to make everything chaos. Yeah. So you were trying to transition, and I wouldn't let you. So go ahead. You now. wouldn't let me. I wouldn't let so you. So we're going to see some of these big matchups this week. Um, and some of them likely. It, the the biggest one, in, in my opinion, that's probably going to happen this weekend, barring an upset on the team side, is Jaden Cox versus Kyle Snyder. It's the match people have been wanting to see for years. Ever since that Fargo loss that Snyder took, everyone's been hyping it up. We almost had it at um at the duel. duel. But it didn't happen. They bumped Jaden up to heavy because Devin Mellon wasn't wrestling. Now Mellon is back. No reason to bump him up. We're going to see it. Missouri should beat Illinois. Ohio State should beat Lehigh. And this match is going to happen. And I can't freaking wait for it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, Snyder kind of in the position that Jaden was last year. Uh, true freshman, growing. You see him. We said it in the last show. Uh, we talked about the the growth of true freshmen um, during their during their regular year. And Jaden took a loss or two mm-hmm. earlier in the season last year and kind of grew on that. And so uh, Snyder Cox will be amazing. And this was my projected NCAA final at preseason. So I'm, I, I still feel like uh, Jaden's got the advantage here. But Snyder has been so impressive. I think it, it's going to be a tight one and uh, one takedown match for sure. Um, Snyder's bottom's good, so I want to see uh, him go against Jaden from underneath, where Jaden is so he's a he's physically overwhelming in a uh, fr- from top, and he's not the most prolific turner, but he's just so uh, athletic well, and long and strong. It's it's insane. I'm looking forward to two things. Okay. From national duels, and one of those things are, is the situation at 125. That's my favorite weight class, and uh, and the other is. Uh, I'm on the Missouri train, man. Yeah? Or, or I shouldn't say I'm on the Missouri train. I believe that they can go with the other top teams, and I just want to see it play out. So first, um, speak a little bit about 125. 25, you got almost everybody there. Delgado's there. Waters is there. Um, Nation Garza. So there's your top three. And then you got number five, Thomas Gilwin there, and number seven, Nathan Thomasell. Now, they're all- So who's hitting first round? Uh... Waters Delgado is happening round one. How insane is that? Wow, wow, and and you know, um, Jesse had a really good interview. I thought, yeah, uh, when our guys were out there. Um, but you know, as a and I don't want to, I don't want to doubt Jesse, but yeah. if you watch him, it it looks like the shoulders giving him problems. I mean, huge. I mean, you. I mean, you see the thing on his uh, that he's wearing it in the matches, and you watch how he wrestles, and it's so apparent. It's not the same guy, and it's crazy. His motion. I, he's got the best motion from neutral in the in the country. I mean, the speed and quickness well, in is, which he moves is is still right, mind numbing. Right. I think the thing, the thing that makes it very interesting with Jesse is that. It doesn't appear. It appears that the shoulder is bothering him enough that he has a hard time scoring, and, and maybe he's maybe he's limiting his own offense because yeah, of it. That's true. But but okay. So his scoring ability is slightly marginalized, or or maybe greatly marginalized. But here's the thing, man. You can't take the guy down. <laughs> 
Yeah, he and that's one thing. He's still passing legs, like blink of an eye passing legs, like fast like twitch. Like he's dude, gone. It's, it's crazy. He, he's the like the most prolific leg passer maybe so, I've ever seen. From so you can talk standpoint. about. I mean, people can talk about the demise and and. and of, of Jesse Delgado and the injury is too much to overcome and shades of Matt McDonough, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you there. still can't take the guy down. Yeah, perhaps not, but it, it's tough when you can't get takedowns off your own uh, offense. Uh, I, I don't know. So then, so then you also have down here uh, Thomasella Waters. Yep, that's likely going to happen. Um, you know, just assuming, like I told you, Ohio so State should be. So, so, so Waters is going to go Delgado, Tomasello, Gilman? Yeah, and let, well, Minnesota could win against Iowa for sure. But yeah, probably. So he's going wow. to have his. Uh, if he leaves National Duels undefeated, that he did. Uh, he had a good day. He did his job for the weekend. So, um, yeah, Tomasello, right. what? No, I was going to say, last time, and you forgot about this match, and I had to refresh your memory last time around, Tomasello Waters, um, it was Waters jumping out to a 5-0 lead. He hit that shin wizard tilt, and Tomasello was just like coming, 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 but Waters hung on. Um, so but we'll see the difference. Um, Tomasello, he's gained a little more experience, but um, Waters is still, he's answered the call so consistently, he's, he's, he's really tough to pick against. Okay, so... Oh, you know what? One other thing. If if I'm... And I'm not Mark Perry and Jim Heffernan. I'm not putting Jesse Delgado out there against Alan Waters and letting him put in legs and crank a power half on, on my bad shoulder. I'm not doing it. That's, that, that's crazy. Stop it right now. That's crazy. That's... I mean, maybe... You know, I don't know the situation I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a smart thing, but man... Uh, you got to get the mat time. Does he really? I mean, Jesse Delgado needs mat time. Like he hasn't been wrestling the last four years. He hasn't been wrestling the last. I mean, what? He's wrestled like th- four matches. I uh, well, a little more than that, but yeah, he hasn't wrestled much. Take neutral. Yeah, take neutral. That's what I. But yeah, then it gets. Then you have to get a takedown. Then you have to. It makes things tougher. So. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do there. Maybe he gets out no problem. But Alan Waters is good on top. He cranks power halves. That to me is – All right, so, so get to the get to the thing, right? You get to do it. You, do you, who's going to win it? Who's going to win national duels? Yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> it's tough. I, I don't know, honestly. I think, um, I think Iowa's going to beat Minnesota. I think Missouri's going to beat Ohio State. Um, but Iowa, Minnesota. Can Missouri? Can Missouri beat Iowa? That's what. Let's cut to the chase. Yes, of course they can. Yeah, they can. They win. can. Missouri can beat Iowa. They can win the following matches. Um, Waters. I think. Here's the thing. I think that Missouri can win, but you've been Debbie Downer on me. I have not. Time. No. Every, everyone is trying to put me in this box. Like two as, weeks ago, I said Missouri could win the national title at NCAAs, and you scoffed. I and I'm scoffing at you once again. Um, Why? I did not scoff at that. I scoff at the idea that oh well, they got three guys that are going to win a title, and no, they aren't. It's that what? was to- you. You were all about. I said that. I said they have three guys that could win a title. Right. And my point was, well, they all probably have to. And then my other point was, 
that's not very likely. It, it just doesn't happen that teams win three championships when they're, the margin, uh, the disparity between them and their field at 25-49 and 97 is not great. So that was my only thing. It is very reasonable that all three of those guys would win. It's just um, it's like well, I said. I said Dre Kudyshev, the guy at forty nine, and you said, well, last year he's a one seed and he took fifth. And- yeah, that's that's my thing. You're like he's going to win a title. I'm like, okay, he was the best guy last year and and got fifth. Oh, well, I said he clear. I said he certainly could, and I said that he's even more of a favorite this year. We need to bring the tape back because I I no, you bring it back. I will. I don't have don't have it on me right now, but I, I, it's it's out there. We'll we'll find it. So um, okay, so I said Missouri can win NCAAs. You I was, said not. You said not likely. Now you're saying Missouri can beat Iowa. How how can Missouri beat Iowa? They can beat Iowa because there's probably six or seven matches they can win. Um, they, seven matches. Okay, okay. This, one of them is is more of a stretch than another. Uh, but okay, let me start. I think that Waters can beat Gilman. I think we have agreement there. That's reasonable. Yeah. I think that Levon Mays can beat Josh Sheva. I believe that's reasonable. Okay. I believe that Drake Kudeshout can beat um, uh, Brandon Sorensen. I think Joey Lavalley can beat Mike Kelly. Um, yeah, I th- that's 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 toss up. I said can. So if it's a toss up, then can. I think Miklas can beat Brooks. I think Cox will beat Burak, and you know maybe Eblen can do something against Mike Evans. And that's the one that you're oh. gonna poo poo because Mike Evans is from PA and he sent you a darn T-shirt. But you know what? I'm not gonna disrespect John Eblen <laughs> like that. And you can no, go and ahead. Not, I man, when Johnny Eblen came out, I I would been a big Johnny Eblen fan, but and it has nothing to do with God. I hate this PA thing. It's not name. Okay. I can back it up with facts. Name a time, name a freaking time that Mike Evans lost to somebody he shouldn't. Uh, his freshman year. I mean, it doesn't okay. happen. It doesn't happen. You know, that's that's one thing about him. The last couple of years, he only loses to the big five or six guys. He loses to Perry. Storley Brown, Perry, you know. Kokesh. That's, right. that's so. really the only guys he's lost to. John Eblen not cemented himself as being a member of that elite class so and uh, and there's like there's four guys i mean brown loses a match to epperly okay right mike evans doesn't mike evans doesn't take those losses no um and so edwin might be ranked in the next tier of guys but until mike evans loses to a guy from that lower tier i'm gonna say no way yeah uh i think iowa wins national duels i'll say that. you think i and then you said it you said you think Iowa wins national duels, and you just said Missouri can win seven weights. Oh, and do you want to know how many Iowa can win? They can win 25. They can win 33. They can win 41. They can win 49. They can win 57. They should win 65. They should win 74. They can win 84, and they will win 285. So there you go. They will win 285. All right, so Iowa's your pick, huh? Yeah, it's my pick. Um, I think I think the uh, – the Minnesota match is going to be once. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Iowa too, but, but man, you cannot sleep oh. on this Minnesota match. I mean, think about it. Twenty-five, they should win again, but thirty. Let's talk about something. Let's talk about something else. Right. I mean, not something else, but but uh, um, another avenue of inquiry into the national duels. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but. 
And Iowa's training cycle, do you think it's good for them to be there? I, I don't know. I mean, well, we don't know anything about their training cycle, first of all. We don't know what they're doing every day. I, I feel like Iowa's been up. I feel like they've wrestled so well all year long. Yeah. All year long. All year long. You know how hard it is to peak for six months? The the uh, contention that you could make there is they really didn't face hardly anybody until Midlands. Um, and even then, some of their guys, like Evans, didn't even face a, a top ten guy. So there's that. Yes, they You can only beat who's in front of you. I mean, they've no. still been wrestling well. Okay, but I'm saying, all right, so when you say that they've been up, well, they haven't had to be up except till you know late December necessarily. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Like, all right, let me ask you. You this. don't have to be up for the Luther Open or the Iowa City Duels, uh, or even you can train through Iowa State, even though there's some really big matches because Iowa State's got really good wrestlers. You've got guys that can you can train through there, and they sat some guys yesterday or last week against Michigan, you know, or, or against Virginia, so they're aware of it. Um, I, I believe I think that did shows they look it. did did they look their best against Penn State? Hmm. No. No, they did not. But I mean, well, give credit there. Give credit to Penn State, who continues to slowly work. You their can way. you can you can say that, and I think that I think that Kale's one of the best at getting guys to improve throughout the year, and and right. So I'm not saying. Well, Iowa looked bad, and it was all Iowa just not performing to their best. I give credit to Penn State. However, you can read body language. You can read performances of individuals, and I don't think Iowa wrestled their best uh, at that time. But that's, that's the lone, that's the lone uh, event this year that I think Iowa didn't look sharp. I think oh, they, they liked, didn't. I, you should have watched the Michigan duel. They looked. They did not did look. Did they? Oh, boy. They didn't look good there at all. They, it was bad. You know, Evans um, nearly lost to – not nearly lost. He he clearly won the match. He had a, a clear <laughs> – but it was a close match with Salazar, who's a 57, bumped up to 74. I mean, he's nationally ranked, but, um, it, you know, he doubled Evans, took him down. Kuhn, yeah, beat, I, Kuhn beats Telford. Burak, uh, you know, none of them looked amazing. Abinader beat Brooks. They didn't – it was not All right, well, was not well a good maybe duel. you can say – you can say – Iowa didn't face anybody, say, told Midlands, but I, I, I don't know. Something about it, I think you have to investigate, and I don't know the team uh, and their training cycle, like you said, as much as Tom Brands does, but I, I just think it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough um, time period for them. Yeah, um, no, no question. And maybe, maybe, I love national duels. Maybe, maybe they should move it, maybe it should be earlier. In February or something. Yeah, I, I don't know what the solution is there, but I'm glad. I, I hey, the top four teams are there. Uh, oh yeah, five of the it's, top six. I'm, I'm no, no, I'm great field, great field, great event. Um, I just worry. I worry about national duels, Big Tens, NCAA. It's a, it's a gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how they navigate it. Peaking, the name of the game. If you want to bring home. The NCAA hardware. I want to get to one thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to give some love to Penn State. They've worked their way up the rankings. They're ranked fifth now. Um, is Kale the coach of the year if they get a trophy? 
I mean, this is amazing. There, I mean, mm-hmm. you you always say all all boats are lifted. I mean, the, all these guys just keep getting better and better. Zach bites pins. Josh Kindig, um, they just look. They're getting the most out of them, and uh, I don't think he would ever get it. I don't think they would give it to him. But to me, yeah, Erzlin's done a great job, and it's like a very different job, right? Like what Erzlin's yeah, doing. Yeah, so sure. it's it's like apples and oranges in a way. But at the same time, for what some people are kind of not a throwaway year. I don't know how to classify this season, but they're not wrestling their ten best. Okay, that right. that is a fact. So. If they're able to to somehow get a trophy out of that, I mean, how? Give me some perspective there. Don't I mean, you, think you know, if they if or, they if yeah. they take third, that would be ridiculous. And and from a from purely a coaching perspective, without any political thing or not any uh, taking history into account, like it's really tough to give a coach coach of the year awards when he's gotten it before. And you're just coming off winning four titles, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you kind of want to give it to somebody new. Uh, There's kind of like, you know, you take first for four straight years, and then you take third, and yeah. you're like, uh, well, you know, that 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 kind of uh, the perception is different. But um, <laughs> he'll he certainly, you know, they they trophy this year, and it might be one of his better jobs, you know? Yeah. Um, but but it just goes back to again that you know it's a reaffirmation that that room's awesome and they can really coach guys up. There's been this incredibly um, stupid opinion that uh, um, maybe maybe Penn State, um, you know, what has Kale done as a coach because they were just so immensely talented. Um, uh, but you can see it. You can see it now. If you didn't believe it, that Kale could coach before, you certainly can now. Yeah, uh, I've just been really impressed with as with with the development there across the board, and Jimmy Goulbon really coming into his own. Another title contender in my mind, um, even though he's still insanely inconsistent. I, I think he's he's in the in the consideration there. We're we're slowly. We got time for probably one more thing, Willie. The way you talk. Um, what do you want to get into? <laughs> the way I talk, what are you saying? I'm verbose. Uh, a little bit. A um, little bit. Um, I guess we could talk about one one of two things. Um, all right, let's talk about this. Go. Because I, I don't. Okay. Should backups be allowed in NCAAs? It should. Should okay. Should Alex Meyer be able to maybe qualify for NCAAs? It's that is an interesting thing. I think and it's probably a longer conversation than three minutes. It is, what we have. but I'm going to break it down and nail it in less than three. So just oh, just climb aboard. I think there should. I think the 33 best guys in the country should. Now, uh, the okay, qu- you already the got qu- it. You already got it wrong. The question so. is going to be raised: How this is going to impact the team? Da, da, da. You declare your score beforehand. You can't score two guys, and yeah, he's going to knock out guys that are going to be scoring for other teams. Tough. Deal with it. Have have depth. But I mean. It, nope. you, you can't say you can't say it's the thirty-three best when a guy that's beating top ten dudes on so the regular. So what? So what? So what? Why? Let's make it a better product. I want a better product, not an inferior one. The New England Patriots drafted uh, some dude from uh, Matt Castle. Matt Castle didn't even start a game at USC, okay. right? And and New England Patriots drafted him. Um, so. Guess what? When USC played Notre Dame, they didn't say, oh, Matt Liner, here, you take a series, 
Oh, you score a touchdown, and then and then Matt Castle, you have a series. USC, you get the ball again. This this like, is no. This is you, Matt Castle. You went to USC. You were a backup. That's what you are. That what is that? I mean, I I don't know how to respond to that, Willie. I'm getting emotional. Right, what do you mean you don't know how to respond to it? <clears throat> what does that have to do get, with anything? You don't get a, you don't get a chance. You don't get a chance to start two guys. You get a chance to start one guy. Why? What, not, okay, what's it's not, it's not, All right, tell um, me. Okay, okay, be quiet. What's the negative? What is the bad thing about letting the 33 best wrestle? Tell me. Uh, Mm-mm. it hurts the sport. Okay, go on because that is so blanket. Um, you know why. You I don't know why. why. I don't know why. I'm literally asking you why. Because less schools are represented. Less mm. schools would be represented. Okay. Number one. And number two, um, then it, it you remove the fact of like, okay, I'm a recruit. Uh, should I go to this school or that school? Well, I'm kinda gonna I'm kinda gonna be blocked. You know, this guy got three years of eligibility or four years of eligibility. I'm either gonna be blocked from the starting spot or if I do get the starting spot, I'm probably gonna get less money. Uh, I can't I can't make the uh, NCAs. If I do get beat out, oh, but now, now you can enter more than one guy in the postseason tournament. Okay, so now I can go there. Well, guess what? Now instead of going to, uh, I don't know, school X, I'm going to go to Iowa, mm-hmm. and 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 um, the rich get richer. You're going to end up having five teams. But guess what? It's happening anyways. Thomas Gilman went to Iowa last year. Alex Meyer went to Iowa. Like these these big teams, it's happening. Regardless, will it happen? You don't think it per, would proliferate? It, it, be real. it could proliferate on that. Not, not, I, not, I mean, and, and that's, I'm, my, the other thing is you work to represent a school. You work to, rep, to, to, to earn a starting spot. Yeah. Okay. And if Alex Meyer, if Alex Meyer is better than uh, 76 other wrestlers in the country, I don't care. He's not better than the other guy at Iowa named Mike Evans. All right. Well, I'll let it slide for now. I I'm I will not say that I have a a um a hard and fast stance on this. But and I I'll say this too. Um, my my high school coach, uh, Steve Powell, he advocated for that a long time ago. Yeah. Like not advocated for it, but in conversations we talk, and he's like, you know, it should be like track. If you have a good time, you know, you can get in. If you're one of the best, you should get in. And I disagree, man. All right. Well, that's uh, we'll we'll have maybe we'll talk about this a little more. Maybe some other people hit us up on Twitter at cpiles8 and at Willie at Flow. Um, give us your thoughts on anything we talked about here. That's it for today. We'll be back hopefully Monday. See, here's the thing, Willie. I travel on Monday, so this might not happen. Maybe you can fly this ship solo. I don't know. I wish you good luck. We'll let you know um, ahead of time what we're gonna do for Flow Radio Live uh, next week. But um, until then, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. All right, guys, thanks. What's up, Gucci? You good? It's almost like this is a good one.